We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, RotoViz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to RotoViz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Hello and welcome back to the Rotoviz Best Best Ball Podcast Series. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host for the series is Zach Kruger, who you can follow on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. It's been a fun series here as we look at all things best ball, covering a wide range of topics throughout all the episodes. The last uh, number of episodes have revolved around drafting in one of the FFPC contests and how that draft process and the logic behind it occurred. So um, we are going to be jumping into the second half of our draft on today's show uh, myself and zach are going to be kind of going into those uh i guess we'll say those zero rb candidates and who we're trying to target late in our drafts uh, and it is going to be a fun one i hope you enjoy it so uh, we'll get straight into it we'll not we'll not beat around the bush and uh let's let's get on the draft board yeah and i just took matt ryan so uh, hopefully that works out and i i the reason i wasn't as much into the strategy of going for uh pets and ridley was would we get would we get ryan would it work out so it has worked out i actually hadn't really put a huge amount of thought into the disadvantage to other owners of trying to get him so i think that's also something to consider there but uh, i think i think this is working out pretty nicely if we go back through the rounds that we were targeting um you know it was waller ridley mclaurin or lamb uh, that was one that we we went a different direction at that point um in terms uh, of going uh for for um who did we take there we took fourth matt ryan round. no no fourth round dj moore sorry, DJ moore. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I thought you had, like lost connection you scared me for a second i was like wait yeah. what's happening right now yeah so uh i'm trying to, i was trying to go through and review yeah so we took kyle pitts in the third and then uh dj moore was our target in the fourth um kyler murray or lamar jackson was the target in the fifth we got we got jackson there uh, we missed out on our targets and t higgins and brant nayuk but um, we took Cortland Sutton, um, and I, I think we're in a, a really strong position here as we move forward. We've kind of, in, in fairness, I think we've had about seventy-five percent of our ideal draft at this point. So let's uh, let's see how it keeps going. Um, it is interesting to see some of the teams here. For example, um, Team Nine, no tight ends yet. Um, team Twelve, no tight ends. Uh, team One, no tight ends. Like, and this is where again picking makes so much sense. Is Team One when they were on the board and took Fournette and Jones, you know, Gasecki has gone off the board since that. Evan Ingram's gone off the board. Herb Smith's gone off the board. You know, I think, I think like stacking those two guys, when he looks back, I think having a tight end at that point is going to put it, it'll be interesting to see what his tight ends finish up like. Um, the, the reason obviously that the advantage of what we're doing is if we take those two tight ends that we did it gives a lot of freedom as we move through the rest of the draft now um so basically the position that we need to to start building on is running back but we are going to have possibilities as well to add in those wide receivers that we like so 
Um, I'm really, really pleased with how this is going thus far. Um, I, I may have been wrong. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has actually got uh, through this round, but we'll see. He'll not get back to us. Let's I, hopefully. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he'll make it back to us. I. I just want to say that as I'm looking at this, and you can tell me if I'm getting a little bit too bullish on the way this is shaping up. But right now, we have. We're heading into the tenth round. We have one, two, three teams that don't even have a quarterback at this time, and the quarterbacks that we're looking at. Just to read these guys off here, because I just think it's it's pretty interesting. Is Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Carson Wentz, Tua Tagovailoa, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, and the list goes on. You you know these guys. You, you, if you're tuning in, chances are you've done some drafts or you've at least watched the NFL, so you know some of these other <laughs> later round guys. But I just think it's interesting to see that you needed at least two quarterbacks, and a lot of these later teams are probably going to need to steer more towards a three quarterback build. So I kind of hope that's what they're planning on doing. But I think that realizing these quarterbacks are going to be going off the board soon for some of these teams kind of sets up what we're doing for a zero RB approach rather nicely because we have our quarterback situation taken care of. We got tight ends taken care of we're pretty much hammering wide receiver and running back the rest of the way i think unless just an insane value pops up that i I think we're going to be getting a lot of guys who we like here and we're going to be feeling very good about this team at the end of it column am i am i crazy or what do you think i think with the ffpc should uh, just hand over the 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 check now i think we're on to the winner (laughs) here but uh in terms of how it's going and that's where we talked about the draft process before in the last podcast, how we're setting this up, how we know who we want, reverse engineering the draft from the start to be able to to know which way we want to go. And what's going to happen a lot of these guys is they mightn't have done that and the panic's going to set in uh, and they're not going to be able to get what they want. So um, it's, it's, it's a situation where we've planned it out and it's going as well as I think it could have possibly gone for us um it's looking really really good when you mention how the other teams are building they're not thinking about the roster construction maybe quite as much um and like we see a situation where team 11 has for them unfortunately has auto drafted uh and they have ended up getting robert tonyan as the auto pick trevor lawrence went off the board in the next pick you know they still have no quarterback on the board they could have had trevor lawrence they've auto drafted robert tonyan um so they're in you know there's these things are happen to teams that just can really derail their their whole process but as we look at what we're trying to do the players that we mentioned in the last round were marquise brown aj Dillon, james connor james connor's just gone off the board but these guys may actually if we have a little bit of luck here make it all the way back to us we have two picks to go so if somebody picks somebody other than aj Dillon or marquise brown which has happened uh hopefully here we're going to have a situation where we're like we have one pick to go we have those a minimum those two guys the, the other player that's interesting there's gus edwards but i think because we have lamar jackson i think that holds me off it the other one thing i wanted to point out just and marquise brown has gone off the board i think for me here i think aj Dillon is probably uh, the pick the other one that's interesting is jamal williams we have naheem hines there um any or the other player i do like in this range but i think he gets back to us in the next round is Darrell Henderson. So have you a preference of those guys? I'm I'm happy for for to take and I'm hoping we probably get two of those guys here as we move forward. Um Dylan, uh Henderson or Williams. Yeah, I, I like the AJ Dillon pick here. My original thought was going to be that if we lost Marquise Brown, we get AJ Dillon, or my next comment was going to be we take AJ Dillon and then if Marquise Brown's there, we get him with the next pick. I think just my I was kind of leaning AJ Dillon no matter what here if he was there. So I'm fine with taking him. We can see what we want to do next is we're going to have about another, you know, five picks or ten picks to go before we're up again. So let's go AJ Dillon and then we'll we'll play out this next one. So I'm really positive how this is playing out for us. The one thing I was just going to mention there a moment ago was if we look then just to try and look again at our strategy, and this is like the depth that you maybe you shouldn't, but this is the depth if you're going to try and draft teams that are going to win on a consistent basis, I think you should be doing. We have uh, Matt Ryan, and this was a thing I did check before we drafted Ryan. We have Ryan, Ridley, and Kyle Pitts. Obviously, they all have the same bye week because they're from the same team. They are our only three players at the moment with week six bye weeks. Um, we have Lamar Jackson, Darren Waller with week eight bye weeks. We have two people on week 13 bye weeks, DJ Moore and AJ Dillon. So I think as we go through it, I think I'd be capping it at three players per bye week. Um, so in my opinion here, I think we uh, we try and avoid any more week six and we have some room to maneuver with the others. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, th- I think that that's absolutely fine. I have no problem with doing that. I think that's a good 
a good approach there. Um, you know, we don't want to become too overexposed where we end up losing so many players on a week that we can't we can't completely field a competent roster if something happened with injuries along the way. I think this kind of helps us cover that. Uh, I guess my only question here as we approach the 11.05 is where are we leaning? Do we still want to get running back here? We have running backs with bye weeks of 7 and 13. None of the guys we like here um, are, are in danger of, of overlapping there. Um, we currently have Daryl Henderson and Jamal Williams both queued up. I'm just taking a look at some of the other guys here. Gus Edwards, I think, is interesting. I, I don't necessarily think we have to take him. I think that he probably may have some more standalone value than Henderson and Williams. And again, he plays in a good offense. But I'd be curious to hear your thoughts of Gus Edwards as opposed to those other guys. Yeah, I'm really disappointed before I get into that. We've just messed out on Russell Gage. We we yeah, were going for the, yeah. the we were keeping that one quiet. We were going for the the, the quadruple, uh, but no, that's that's obviously. Uh, I think it's a good pick at that point in the eleventh round. But it's um, if you were drafting earlier this off season, the value was uh, just just superb. Um, I think here I go with Henderson. Now I, I'm in on Henderson this year. I'm very uh, heavy on on drafting Henderson. I, I don't mind if you want to go Williams. Um, I think there's a more of a path for Henderson, uh, and Henderson's gone. Uh, I was going to say there's more of a path for him to be um, the the running back one in that offense or to get you know a good chunk of work. Uh, but I, I think Jamal Williams is is underrated as a as an actual running back. Um, so we are on the clock. Jared Cook comes off the board. I am intrigued by the the Bateman pick. Um, just depends. So I, I'm looking a little bit later. In my next kind of rounds, my my targets are going to be like uh, Darnell Mooney, J.D. McKissick, Ra- Rashid Penny, Rondell Moore, um, Giovanni Bernard, Tra- Philip Lindsay, Gabriel Davis. So we have options at both positions. It just depends how strongly you are. But if we think that do you, if you're thinking like we're getting the targets with Bateman being you know possibly the wide receiver one on that offense going at this point, it just depends on how. I bullish you are on him. I'm happy to, to take your steer there. Bateman, I just queued up for earlier. I don't think we need to take Bateman right now. I just want okay. to make sure we kept him in mind. For me, it would be either Gus Edwards or Jamal Williams. I think Gus Edwards is interesting, but Jamal Williams is going to have that PPR upside on a team that's bad. I'd probably go Williams here. I, yeah, I'm with but, you on that pick. Yeah, I, I like uh, Edwards as well. Uh, just a little bit reluctant to pair a Russian quarterback with a second. Like I, I know that he's going to get the the opportunities most likely but he's going to be the second in that backfield in terms of overall uh backfield and gus edward actually goes at the next pick so i think we're we were in the right space there but i i just think that looking at where he's going and looking at then what lamar jackson our, our upside for jackson is you know eight to ten rushing touchdowns you know that's going to take away from what we're going to see from gus edward so um and I liked I liked the Williams pick there. So, and um, we're starting to to round out. Like we've got uh, Jamal Williams, uh, Zach Moss, and AJ Dillon. Maybe not the best situations, you know, in terms of people looking at having that, you know, anchor running back with you on look. But there's there's points there. there there's not going to be many weeks that they are involved. That there's going to be zeros there. Um, and you know, when you talk to Sean, when you look at some of the teams that we draft, <laughs> sometimes it's just about getting a player that you know gets you know four or five points. Uh, to get you that one in a week because what we're trying to do here is the tight ends and the wide receivers the quarterbacks are, are what's going to skyrocket this team uh, in all honesty so i think we're in a, a good spot so let's start to look ahead and pre-draft or, or you know put them in the queue who are or who are some of the guys i mentioned you know mckissick is going to be probably in two rounds time rashad penny's in there darnell mooney i think like two players i'm interested in as as tight ends later on is Komet and Ertz, but i think we we can pass on them or are you interested in and you know adding one more tight end into the mix we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't really think we need to add tight end. I think at this point in time, if you're adding tight end, you're doing so because of concerns for injury. But I'd even be probably okay with trying to seek out one of those like final round tight ends who I think you could maybe make a case for, or maybe the final two rounds. I think there there could be some tight ends later on. I'm really not trying to sacrifice too much draft capital at this point to get those guys. Another guy who Sean and I had looked at the other day who is – has fallen, I think, relatively far in drafts. You can usually get him close to the last round as Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys. He's a guy who was pretty pretty solid last season. A lot of people are assuming that Blake Jarwin is going to be the starter. We don't necessarily think that that's correct, and we think that Schultz is a, more, uh, is a better value at tight end for Dallas because if he ends up winning that job, then all those people who are drafting Schultz earlier are probably just going to be wrong on that decision. And I think that Schultz is actually a pretty nice value as a late-round tight end. So if we wanted to go with the third tight end later on, I'd be looking for someone like uh, Dalton Schultz, maybe Dawson Knox, um, or, or, or someone in in that line not not so much a uh not not so much earlier around tight end before that yeah no i agree with that i was just i was just due diligence just to see if uh, we're yeah. on the same page um some players that i'm i'm adding in here um and what we'll see what we think as as we go along and i'll I just the reason i'm doing this is you know these are targets now that we're going to try and see the draft out with and and see how many of them we can pick up versus where they go um some of the names over the next couple of rounds um you know i i'm not pushed on this pick we have latavius murray in there just for uh, out of interest devin singletary we have taken moss i don't know if we want to reassure ourselves in that backfield i, I would be passing on that I, I do take singletary sometimes but generally only if i don't have zach moss jd mckissick is one that i'm i'm interested in um based on the pass catching upside i know there's some concerns about where he'll be on the depth chart but you know the guy had a you know over 50 receptions last year i think we're going to see a situation where if he's not on this team he's going to be on some team to have a pass catching upside and i would be very very surprised if he's not second on this depth chart behind gibson um, and getting a lot of that uh, receiving work uh, philip Lindsay, who i know you're interested in rondell moore gabriel davis and rashad penny so are those kind of the guys now as we pivot between wide receiver and uh, running back that that are looking your way in these next couple of rounds yeah there's a lot of guys here who i definitely like in the, in those regards um I, I i like latavius murray i think that the way that the saints have utilized him and his time there kind of shows that he's a player who they value enough in the offense to give touches to even with alvin Kamara healthy so i think that he's a player who can certainly give us usable weeks and when we're doing these kind of builds, when we're talking about doing a zero running back strategy, one of the things that I try to stay off of is those pure handcuff picks. Guys who I think just don't offer a lot of standalone value yeah. if the guys ahead of them are healthy. And um, I don't think Latavius Murray falls in that round. I think in that range, I think he is a running back who has standalone value no matter um, – regardless of Kamara's health. So Murray, I'm absolutely fine with. We'd be getting a few picks early here. He just went. Um, so, so much for that idea, but, <laughs> but that's okay. I, I'm not, I'm also not opposed to JD McKissick. I think he's a fine pick. Um, Devin Singletary. I don't know if I want both members of that bill's backfield. I'm just taking a look here real quickly before we pick. I want to see who else is there. We don't need quarterback. We, I'm not really particularly high on Nicole Hardman, the only other one that I would maybe suggest if we didn't want to go running back here would be getting getting Rashad Bateman um, and, and just kind of making sure we have that stack and, and moving forward unless there's a running back you really wanted to grab here. For me, it's McKissick or Bateman. So I, I think based on our build, I think the putting the value into McKissick makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's where I would go. Your, your call, though, I'm, I'm happy to go Bateman. But, I still have Actually, I'm going to go Bateman. Um, we have a lot of... Uh, I think we have a lot more running back options that we 
we like okay. as we go through here. Yeah, um, and Mikasa could make it back to us. I, I, yeah. I think we're fine. Uh, that's, that. Well, that, that, that's my thing. The reason I did that is uh, McKissick, Lindsay, and Penny are three running backs I'm interested in. I think one of those makes it to us. Um, so that was my thought process there. I don't, you know, I think that's the way to go. Um, I think with this build as well, I think two two quarterbacks is is in the slim format is is the way to go. Um, no, any interest just in case of to make sure we're on the same page? You know, a Daniel Jones or a Baker Mayfield to tie things off here. Um, no, I, I don't think right now we need to go that route necessarily. One of the things um, that when we were when Sean and I were talking the other day was about the importance of making sure that tight ends and quarterbacks that we probably have a total of five of those so if we didn't want to go with a third tight end then we could possibly get a a third quarterback um i'll tell you what if you really want to make things interesting which this is this is probably a little less strategy and more being the the fly in the ointment of a draft some of these players and teams that still don't have quarterbacks are going to be targeting some of those quarterbacks who who we're discussing and and it would be interesting if we did take one of those third quarterbacks (sighs) just just for the sake of of maybe having a little bit of fun realizing it's still not a horrible approach for us to do that but some of these teams are going to be targeting guys like the saints quarterbacks late so even if we wanted to maybe have a little fun and add a third quarterback we could do that later on in the draft i'm I'm trying to figure out just so like gabriel davis is somebody who i'm interested in especially with the the kind of scenario going around with uh cole yes. Beasley. but peck pecking from the first spot they've got it's gone Pittman, gage and then the last two picks at the turn is hardman and davis mccall hardman gabriel davis Josh Allen is a quarterback. That's probably why he's paired him with Davis. But he's leaving himself as one quarterback at this point. Um, so he is not picking for 24 more picks. So let's see who gets back to him. Um, I think we should decide to go on our own roster. But I wonder if having the upside of another uh, you know, option there um, is, is smart. Um, I'm just looking like Team 6 has no quarterback at all. Team nine has one quarterback. Team eleven has no quarterbacks. Um, you would basically knock those guys straight out of the competition. But obviously, we want to go ahead and, and focus on what we're doing to win. I think the other teams are probably going to take a third quarterback and not put a lot of pressure on them anyway. But what that is going to do, I think we can we can be pretty confident. Like our our queue here is McKissick, Lindsay, Penny, Bernard, and John Brown at the moment. And I've mm-hmm. added John Brown in without asking you about it. But oh those are kind of and McKissick just went one pick Frank. before, so Frank Duffy takes him off the board. So we could potentially pivot here um, and go. The, the if we were going quarterback here, the one I would go for is Daniel Jones, who is a little bit later in ADP. But I think we leave that we build our team for success yeah, ab- absolutely I, I i'm i'm fine with either Lindsay or i'm i'm even kind of fine with Gio bernard this range he bernard could make it back to us i i think the buccaneers brought in bernard bernard to use him um he's obviously going to be on a better offense i i don't i don't hate bernard here but i don't i don't mind Lindsay either so if, if you think we could either maybe get both or we need to go one or the other it, it might actually be bernard over Lindsay for me but i'll leave that to you I'm just looking. I think I'm going to go for Lindsay, and I'm just going to click it here now. The reason I went Lindsay, just looking at our, our bye weeks, and this is something just as we go, I was I was going to push for Rashad Penny at that point. Uh, the reason I've gone with Lindsay, looking down at it now, is uh, in terms of ADP, uh, Lindsay is week 10, and obviously we are going to have at the moment four running backs. Uh, week 9 is Jamal Williams and the Lions, and the Seahawks and the Bucks are also week 9 buys. So I know we're going to fill it out as we go along, but I am reluctant to overload ourselves at one position of, you know, when we're only drafting a certain amount of players who are not going to be, you know, as much as we <laughs> as much as much we hope, they're not going to be uh, absolute studs week in, week out. So I think giving ourselves a little bit of flexibility there made sense. Um, but that, is, that, is that a good call, do you think? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that call. I think we need, do need to kind of be mindful of those things and make sure that we're not, again overloading ourselves with the with the bye weeks and and kind of handcuffing our own upside with that so so i'm i'm fine with that move i think that there's still even a chance that a guy like Gio bernard can make it back another guy who i'd be curious to get your thoughts on just because um 
that you know he he's still on the team. There's still rumors around him in camp that he's been catching a lot of passes recently. I'd even be curious to know your thoughts on James White. Um, he's he's a player who I haven't been looking a lot at, and I think that if we assume that Mac Jones may actually start more games than Cam Newton, or even the same amount, that where his value is going at, James White could be a value if Mac Jones is checking down passes to James White for a decent portion of the season. Are you at all in on James White? Um, or do you not think that Mac Jones is going to play enough games where where I think is how James White White would see his most usable weeks? For me, it's a it's a tough one. I think there's so many back, and that was my other concern with Lindsay. Is um, you know we we've made the jokes Houston and the the running back room that they have. Um, you know that's my concern as well with the Patriots. There's so many running backs there. There's going to be a few of them cut. Um, I, I think I think White makes the team, but. Um, I just don't know if the upside's there is what it was, you know, a couple of years ago where he was so heavily involved in that offense. So at this point, I'm, I'm like, uh, if he ends up on this roster, uh, it, it won't be um, too bad, but um, he, he's still a target, but he's kind of at the lower end of the, the guys I'm targeting here moving forward. Yeah, yeah, and that's understandable. I, I, I think I'd still be targeting guys like Gia Bernard, probably even Rashad Penny over James White, but he's a guy who I'm going to be watching over these next couple of, of weeks as things start to unfold, just to see if he is someone who maybe we've been incorrectly fading and I want to get in on before before his ADP gets a little bit too high. So I, I like the idea of possibly getting uh, James White at some point in time in the draft. Um, but again, uh, not not ahead of some of these other guys we currently have queued up. I'm interested now as we go into it. So our, our build at the moment is uh, two quarterbacks, four running backs, five wide receivers, two tight ends. So obviously the tight ends can play in the flex. So that's going to give us, you know, if we're looking at pass catchers, we basically have six or seven pass catchers at the moment and four running backs. In terms of how in an ideal world we fill out the rest of this roster, uh, I'm just going to keep going for best wide receiver in terms of our board or best running back in terms of our board but is there any preference as to you know five running backs six running backs how, how do you want to finish this up i think we need to at least have six running backs on this roster the you know they they call four running backs in some of these 18 team builds that the hyper fragile those are usually like a team to start with really elite running backs up top and then stop drafting them we certainly don't have very elite running backs on this team we do have guys who we think are going to contribute and find ways to give us usable weeks um to uh, enough at least to to make these picks worthwhile but i think we do still need a little bit more than just the five that we have i'd be looking to go at least six and with i think the strength of our wide receiver core um if we wanted to go seven um, we could do that if we even wanted to do two quarterback, two tight end, and do a nice balance of seven wide receiver, seven running back. I think that's possible. I don't think that's the craziest strategy, considering the fact that we have two quarterbacks and two tight ends who are both going to, in all likelihood, be playing all all now 17 games of the season if they are, in fact, healthy. So um, if, if we wanted to maybe do two and two at the tight end and quarterback position and either consider seven, seven or six and eight among running backs and wide receivers, I think I'd be fine with that. Where are you at on that? Yeah, I'm pretty much uh, in the same boat. I was just looking. So we have uh, five picks left to go. And so we're looking basically at, you know, two to three running backs and two to three wide receivers, depending on how it splits, it's going to be a, you know, a two to three ratio. So as long as we get those two running backs, I think we just go and see, what best available is out there just for interested listeners um team 11 now has picked up a quarterback they've taken to uh tongue i i'm still struggling with this tongue by aloha tago by i think yeah. is how it goes yeah yeah at, at the uh at the 1402 so there is a quarterback on the roster and look i, I think that could work out it's interesting too has Devonte parker um on the roster too so um you know he, he might have been targeting that all along let's see how it how it plays out um but we're getting into a situation so back-to-back picks for team six daniel jones Jameis winston i like the daniel jones pick uh, still not sure what happens with the Saints quarterback so i've been completely uh, kind of avoiding that situation um, and then we're back to ourselves so we have geo who we talked about we have penny who we looked at in the last round i think now with having the options that we have and, and, and haven't waited this long i think those options are viable even with the round nine buy um which of those will we will we put on the the roster 
I've been getting a lot of Rashad Penny lately. My only concern with him is his knee being cleaned up, but I think that if something happens to Chris Carson, he has value as both a rusher and a pass catcher. Gio Bernard is probably going to only be the pass catcher for Tampa Bay, but we like those PPR points. I'm fine with Penny or Bernard here. It's really kind of a, a, a toss-up here. I, I'm fine with either. I'm going to go with Penny. All right, let's go with Penny because I think that with the way, and this is why I have been leaning Penny a little bit more in drafts, the Seahawks have shown a propensity to want to, uh, quote-unquote, establish the run. They love to run the ball, and they've been Run, looking. run, run. That's exactly right. And and if Pete Carroll heard you, he'd be chanting along with you right now, Colin. Uh, <laughs> Pete Carroll and the, and the brass in Seattle love to run the ball. Um, shockingly, because they have one of the best quarterbacks, even one of the most efficient quarterbacks that we've seen in quite some time in Russell Wilson. But the Seahawks seem ever committed to running the ball. And I think that the only thing that's going to really stop um, Rashad Penny from from having any kind of a role is probably just going to be his injury, which which is not fun to think about. He's been an off-injured player over these last couple of seasons, pretty much for his whole career. His knee is uh, reportedly just went underwent another surgery to get quote-unquote cleaned up. We don't necessarily like to hear that, but I do think that Rashad Penny has a role in Seattle if he is healthy and able to play. And at the spot we're taking him right now in the 14th round, this is the kind of the area of the draft where you're talking about players who are quote-unquote free and not players who are going to hurt you on the in the weeks that they don't produce as much as they would some of those running backs you're taking the earlier rounds. So I'm fine with Rashad Penny here. We have a couple other running backs on the queue who I love as well. I think we're looking pretty good. And we have some nice wide receivers queued up. But I, I like the Penny pick, Colin. I like that. Yeah, I like it as well. Now, I um, I, I was hopeful that Bernard might slip through the cracks and get back to us based <laughs> on ADP, but uh, Frank Duffy again. Uh, this is where uh, <laughs> doing yeah. podcast talking about your favorite players uh, can get you into trouble. Uh, so uh, <laughs> this this will probably come back to bite us in future drafts as well as we share our kind of thought process on these players. But um, it's, it's a good process to go through. I'm interested in uh, John Brown as well um, for the Raiders. Um, you know, John Brown, he's been one of my favorite players since he came into the league, has had his hamstring issues, his injury issues, but has been pretty consistent. And when he was healthy last year, had a you know pretty some pretty good games again. Um, even when he was with the Ravens and you know, there was a, a mixed situation at quarterback, some good games, but I think he could fit into that offense pretty well for, for the Raiders. He's interesting to me. Sterling Shepard's interesting to me. Um, so they're the kind of guys I might be interested. The other place I'm I'm quite interested when it gets really late um is the backup situation for the titans so we we have derrick henry obviously absolute work workload work monster every single season but obviously what we look at running backs is generally the running backs at some point are gonna are gonna break down it's not going to continue he's obviously an athletic monster in terms of his his physical uh body and, and how he takes care of that but we have to think that at some point this is going to break down um, and then we have Darrington Evans Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols behind him is there an interest there in uh, diving into one of those guys well Frank As continues Darren, yeah thanks Frank thanks continues to take all of our players <laughs> um which, which you know good good on him thanks for yeah. reading Frank um <laughs> <laughs> What what player who I have a question about because um, I think he, has he actually gone off the board? Oh, Cole Beasley finally went too. I mean, at this point in time, I'm I'm fine with some of these other running backs who we have here. I think James White, like I said, is interesting. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson's not bad either. But if you want to go John Brown, I think he's going to have a decent role with the Raiders. I think that he is going to definitely see a good bit of playing time, kind of fill that Nelson Aguilar role. There's other running backs we can get on our way back. So. Um, next time we can snipe one of Frank's picks because he'll be picking after us in the next round. So we, we can go John Brown here. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that, that's cool. I, I was curious to know just because I think it's an interesting question to ask here. Um, we're not going to obviously get into it, but Cole Beasley has been slipping in the draft for, for a few different reasons recently, and he was just taken in round 15, which is well after his ADP. I believe his ADP is close to the top 100. Would you have been interested in Cole Beasley um, in this draft given given his fall, and is there any concern that he's not going to play this season where you, you just wouldn't have taken him? Because I was actually kind of leaning Beasley if he would have made it to us there. So uh, this is nothing to do with what's going on in, in recent days or weeks uh, with Cole Beasley, but he wasn't really a target for me this season. Um, the player I was actually going to mention when we were talking about Brown, and it's basically Brown's replacement 
in Buffalo, and it's Emmanuel Sanders. And I, I pretty much haven't heard his name mentioned this season. But, you know, yeah. there was productive games down there with the Saints last year. He's continuously been able to show that when he changes teams, so he's gone from the Broncos to the 49ers to the Saints, he's been able to have those. Uh, obviously, it came from the Steelers. Like, you know, when we go further back, he's changed teams. And that's a big concern when players change teams that they don't have a, an impact. And he has shown that he can do that consistently. He's gone to Buffalo. Uh, I think that, you know, playing with one of the premier uh, passers in the NFL and, and Josh Allen and I know we can talk about accuracy but in terms of like quarterbacks that we're looking to have high uh, upside in terms of big plays and things like that I think Emmanuel Sanders is in a pretty good position and he, he's going after him he's still on the board and um, so I, I that would have been where I would have been trying to get the value there if I wasn't getting digs I'd have been holding off until that point maybe Gabriel Davis as well who was going much later they basically in this draft reverse roles from where they were going a couple of weeks ago so um he was somebody who had interested me there just in terms of uh going into that pick uh one of the things that i, I just want to highlight is we we now have um four players with week eight buys so we have uh jackson and bateman and we have john brown and darren waller so didn't come into my uh thought process of the the two raiders in there um so that, that was just, uh, I think we're capped off now on, on week eight players as well. I think it makes sense to try and avoid taking any more of those. Um, who are we Who are we trying to, to target here now as we have probably nine picks to go uh, until our selection, but we're going to be in the 16th round then. So we did talk about uh, getting two running backs. Um, we have gone running back wide receiver. We have three picks left. We wanted at least one more running back. Um, any preference as to as to where we're aiming here? So we did talk about James White earlier. Damian Harris is probably going to be the lead runner for the Patriots, um, at, at, you know, to start the season. But they did take Ramondre Stevenson, who's also an interesting player and kind of a player who can do it all. And I'd, I'd be curious to know if you have any interest in him over James White, just in, in regards to White not necessarily being the runner that um, the Patriots would call upon if something happened with Damian Harris. I don't think Sony Michelle's in any way shape or form a factor i'd be shocked if he was on the team would you be interested in someone like ramondre stevenson even kenneth gainwell of the eagles uh, at this point in time we're talking week 14 players so if they get us to the playoffs and they're actually key players on their rosters then it would hurt to lose them those weeks but they're also not expensive players to acquire here who i think some of them may have some upside if something did occur where they were caught on to fill a bigger role so I think, you know, if, if one of these guys gets you to the playoffs, I think we're, we're happy enough with that. I think when we're talking about the Jonathan Taylors, you know, and, and his position, um, I think we're looking at the investment you're putting into that player. Um, I think if we're looking then at, you know, James White or, or Stevenson, I think we're, you know, if, if they end up getting us, you know, 200 points, I think that we're, uh, you know, happy happy with our, our outcome there. So that, that would be my thought process, wouldn't be strictly against it for that reason. Um, so the other player that I'm interested in here from a running back perspective is uh, Javian Hawkins, um, Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, Mike Davis had a, a great season last season without um, Christian McCaffrey, but we have a situation now where um, he has gone to the falcons looks to be the lead back there um is he somebody who who interests you at this point so you bring up something that i've i've been kind of thinking about a little bit more over the last couple of weeks that being how certain teams are having their backfields completely faded after their initial running back being taken off their board so the the rb1 on the team goes and people just forget about the rest of the players yeah um, in that backfield and the atlanta backfield more or less qualifies we may see one atlanta running back get taken here it's not like jv and hawkins doesn't have an adp he does it's 243.9 but there are some people who are also on quadria allison as well jv and hawkins is a pretty diminutive running back all things considered but if something did arise to where Javian Hawkins was called upon because Mike Davis either went down or maybe he's able to fill some kind of role in Mike Davis's absence I think that Hawkins could be an interesting player um, I don't have a problem with taking him I'd be I'd be wondering whether or not Allison could be called upon before Hawkins but I'm I'm kind of good with whatever you think is best here so um, I don't th- I don't think Hawkins is a bad pick he's not a guy I've taken a lot of but I'm, I'm not against taking him only question I have here with Hawkins is we have obviously gone heavy on the Falcons, but I think, you know, based on what we discussed as 
the next option, like if something happens, Mike Davis, if Mike Davis picks up any sort of injury, there's a chance that we're into, you know, you know, 15 carries a week. Um, and I know you say he's diminutive, but if there is seven receptions and he doesn't get any carries, there's still that. So um, I, I think I would lean towards that even with our heavily influenced um falcons lineup i think i would i would lean towards that as well based on uh, the bye weeks real quick do you like him over james white i think i would take the shot on the the upside okay that, we can go with that then that's cool um, let's do it that, that that that's a fun pick there that's an undrafted rookie free agent who a lot of people liked out of the draft even though he was small i think that a lot of people thought that he was going to find his way on a roster even if it was in the one of the final rounds um but i i mean He's, he's going to be a fun pick. If he makes a team, which he very well could because there's not a lot of competition there, Javian Hawkins could be a pretty fun player to have. And if, if we're watching him explode in, over the course of the season and, um, you know, or even just have a few big games, and that would be a lot of fun to watch. So I'm, I'm good with that pick. Yeah, it may be a little bit much into the Falcons, but um, <laughs> I, I think there's, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty concentrated offense. And I think, like I mentioned with the Titans, you know, if we get somebody who has a chance to, to get that workload that is preliminary what these zero RB candidates are, is the guys that have been overlooked for the guys going earlier in the draft. And some people might be thinking, oh, Mike Davis is a zero running back candidate, you know, going in the fourth, fifth or sixth round. But, you know, this, this is where it's at if we're, if we're diving deep. Um, but I think um, it's, it's worth a shot. He's somebody who just, I've been taking a couple of stabs at here and there. And I think when we're at this point, we're, we're aiming for the upside. I think pretty much James White is what james white is and the upside is what we we've seen at times with tom brady but we haven't seen that very often in the last couple of years um and that's probably what we're hoping to get with hawkins who is you know somebody coming into the league who we we, we may have untapped upside or we may actually have absolutely nothing and there might be no snaps there might be no nfl career he might get cut from the roster but i think at this point we're we're shooting for the for the upside yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I think that I think that he's a fine player. There's there's no doubt that Javian Hawkins is explosive. I, I believe it's Dave Cabin's is a, is a breakaway run score or something like that, where he he basically uses big plays that a running back puts out over the course of their college career to yeah. kind of predict NFL success. And Javian Hawkins world was one of their highest scores in Dave Cabin's um, model there that he does every year for Rotoviz during the NFL draft. So even from that perspective alone. Uh, I, I'm I'm a fan of of making that ad. There's a lot of guys on Rotoviz who are high on Hawkins. Uh, he is in a spot with without a lot of competition. So so if something does happen, um, you know he could be a solid player. And I think we also need to consider the fact that something might not need to happen. Maybe it's just the fact that Mike Davis can't take all of the touches every week, and they need to have a second running back to occasionally spell him. And in that case, Javian Hawkins is a player to have there as well. Um, so yeah, I like that pick. We are about to come up on the 1705. We're currently staring real quick in the face. Two quarterbacks, two tight ends. We have we have six running backs, and I believe we also have six receivers right now, correct? So we're looking at a two six six two build right now. Um, one guy who we have in our queue uh, is Sterling Shepard, which I mean, I don't know if if you're particularly high on Shepard all right now or just wanting to get him. There's actually a lot of receivers here who I'm fine with at this range, Shepard being one of them. I think even Denzel Mims is interesting. He's falling. Um, Where are you leaning for this pick now that we're on the clock column? I'm leaning very much towards Shepard. He is the one that interests me. Just going down through the list of some of the other guys, we have Mims. Um, you know, Terrell Williams is now with the Lions. He's there. We have, you know, the, I think there's a drop off here after that. The only other players that might be of interest are, you know, we have Sammy Watkins, but I think we have too many bye weeks uh, at the moment in week eight. Uh, you know, with he could be an option for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, MVS, you know, um, I think is an option, and, and Lazard could be options, but I think they might still, one of those two might last to the, the next round. Slayton versus uh, Shepard is the only concern I have there, but I think we take a shot at Shepard. My only quick question is, Denzel Mims, could he be undervalued at this spot and make more big plays? And then you can make the pick. I, I'm fine with Shepard if you want to go that route. Oh, we took Mims. You made the shot. 
Uh, <laughs> so, so did you like that argument? Because my only thinking with Mims is I know that the camp reports haven't necessarily been great. There's talks about him working with with the twos or whatever the case may be, and that might that might be what happens. But he's still a guy who was just taken high a year ago, who was injured. They clearly the organization has enough belief in his talent to want to go with him. I just think that when you're looking at a guy like Shepard versus Mims at this spot in the draft, I'm not sure that Shepard's going to give us enough of the splash weeks that a guy like Mims could give us if Mims, in fact, is playing, which I, I still have a hard time believing that he doesn't have a role just a second year in the league. Do you, do you think that that's crazy, or where are you at on that that logic? I, I don't think it's crazy, and I really did like Mims uh, coming into the, the NFL. Uh, the one thing that almost took me off that pick is the bye weeks again. He's, he's somebody who's um, in there with a with a week six by a week so we we're pretty mm. heavily invested in week six and week eight but i would imagine if we go through the other teams there's gonna be similar builds i was kind of leaning towards the the giants by a week um being, being different there's a player going off the board who would have been interesting in kj hamler it's gonna be yeah. interesting here james white is still on the board um i wouldn't sure. expect him to, to get back but uh i think the players that i think are like really being so overlooked here um, and I think obviously it's down to the the situation with Aaron Rodgers, but you know we we have a second and third option in Green Bay and and Valdez Scantling and Alan Lazard, and um, both of those guys still on the board. I would imagine one of them gets back to us. Um, you know I think there's like in baseball particularly there's a, there's a lot of upside to either of those guys. Um, I think we've seen Lazard take a big jump forward last year in his second year with the Packers. And I think that could continue this year. So again, like we're talking about with the running backs and people forgetting about them, we have Adams going in the second round and we have, you know, Tanyan going then, but we have nothing happening then to pretty much now we're in the we're gonna be we're gonna be picking here in the eighteenth round when we get our, our next pick. It'll be our final pick. Interested in either of those two guys as, as wide receivers? I don't hate them as picks. I, I've I've been getting a lot of Marcos Valdez Scantling late. Lazard, I have not been getting quite as much of. Um, I liked him more last year than I do this upcoming year. Just with them adding Amari Rogers to the fold, I, I worry that maybe Lazard kind of gets pushed out um, in terms of having Adams and Scantling on the outside. That Lazard may kind of be the odd man out in three wide receiver sets for them in 2021. Um, but MVS, I do like a lot. Um, and then my only other question, I guess, here would be: it, it appears that we're probably fine with our two quarterback, two tight end build. Is that is that correct? We're fine with that. I think so, unless you want to, unless you want to do something different. I think I think it's good for here based on what we've built. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm absolutely fine with that. I don't think we need any more quarterbacks or tight ends. Um, and then my only other question is running back. I think I think James White, if he makes it to us, is a really is a really interesting pick. Or, and then we talk about players who on these zero RB teams can end up being values just based on how how if certain things unfold, they could become um, tremendous values. So I look at guys like Damian Williams, where if, if something happened to Dave Montgomery, Tariq Cohen is not filling a, a early down role as, as a running back. Um, Malcolm Brown, we've seen him capable of doing early down roles in the past. I think that he could even be an interesting player. I did like Jeff Wilson. Now he's injured. He's probably going to miss the first few weeks of the season. He might be too far behind the eight ball by the time the season starts. Even Chargers running backs like Joshua Kelly and um, Justin Jackson are kind of interesting. Again, we're talking about running backs whose their backfields are basically being ignored by drafters with the exception of the RB1. So guys who I could see filling a role legitimately if the RB1 goes down who are just completely going ignored, those are the guys who I'm kind of looking at if I didn't want to go with James White and I wasn't interested in wide receiver. Um, my question to you, Colm, is do we feel good enough about why running back to not take another receiver at this point, knowing that we went with the zero RB build and have kind of gotten running back later? Yeah, that's actually very interesting about the Chargers. You know, when we're talking about Austin Eckler, you know, it's, it's, it's quite interesting actually in terms of where he's going versus where the rest of the things are shaking out. Um, that, that does actually interest me uh, quite a bit. So I probably will see what happens with White. But maybe the upside is there for for those chargers a little bit more. Um, I'm just looking here in terms of our running backs. So we have our running backs, but we have two week nine bye weeks, um, and the rest are all clear across the board. Our wide receivers, we have two week six bye weeks, um, and we have a tight end on a week six bye week. On the wide receivers, we have uh, two week eight bye weeks, and we have a tight end on a week eight bye week. So we have three of those 
kind of pass catchers on week eight by weeks. I'm just wondering, should we be um, considering filling that out for that purpose on those tr- on those weeks? We're going to be we're going to be short at that position, whereas we'll probably be short running backs based on how we drafted. But yeah. I, I wonder, is that a reason to lean towards a receiver? And James White's going off the board as well. Yeah, it it could be. Um, uh, you know, we're obviously at this point in the draft, you're just going to be looking at guys who because of the bye weeks we're just going to have to hope that what we do have remaining works out and that's not to say that it can't it, it can certainly work out or it could also just be a, a lower scoring week um in in those regards um you know I, i'm i'm kind of fine with whatever we want to do here if you want to go wide receiver we can um our, our running back bye weeks we only have two guys on bye, um, both rashad penny and jamal williams uh, I, I'm I'm good with going whichever way you 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 would like to here. I I'm not necessarily committed to either one. If you really wanted to break Frank Duffy's heart, we could draft for Andre Stevenson. That would be <laughs> his last pick. I'm certain of that. But um, yeah, I'm 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 fine with either. I I like our build enough, and I I don't want to let bye weeks concern me too too much. But I, I see the logic behind what you're what you're saying. Yeah. So then uh, my question would just be um, the situation we have with. Uh, Kelly versus Jackson is there a preference there if you went that way it's a week seven by week so we, we could go with that um but I'm probably leaning towards the wide receivers but uh do you want to take MVS I, I'd be fine with that pick if that's what you want I to think, go I think that's I think that's the way to go either it's him or Lazard I, I don't really mind which I just think I, I don't have a strong call on either running back um for for the Chargers as to which would be the guy to have I, yeah, I th- I think I'd be okay with MVS there if we really wanted to do that. Only other running back who's crossed my mind is Anthony McFarland, but we don't really need to get into that just now. Um, why don't we go MVS? We'll get that wide receiver, give us a little bit more cushion those bye weeks, and and we can talk about this team for a little bit and and see what we think overall. And that completes the draft. We have uh, 18 picks in the books. Hopefully, it's going to be enough to win us $100,000 uh, this season. It may not be, but a fun draft experience is going to be a fun season as well. Of course, to get ready for that season, you can get yourself a Rotoviz NFL pass. All you have to do is enter the code RV Radio 2021 at checkout to get yourself set up for success in 2021 of course it is going uh, to be a rapid approach here towards the season if you are playing in best ball of course uh, there's so many different options out there but head on back listen to the various podcasts we did on strategy and um, between episode kind of one and ten and check into those we will have some more strategy episodes coming up in the coming weeks we have one more episode to go on this draft that is going to be our recap so let us know your thoughts on the draft that we just did and of course check back in then to hear exactly what our thoughts are when we look back through the draft board and see where maybe we could have changed some things what we are excited about on this team and that'll be coming out very shortly on Rotoviz Radio. So thank you for tuning in today. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. You can follow Zach on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. And once again, thanks for tuning in. Have a good one. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.